Before we start the show, we'd like to remind our audio listeners that this show was developed as a video podcast. If you'd like to see any of the visuals that are referenced in this episode, we invite you to check out our YouTube channel. Simply search for the Conquer Risk podcast. You'll see all the shows we produce, including this one. And just like the audio, you can subscribe to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Enjoy the show. From Research by Potomac and the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is Who Charted. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Who Charted, the most exciting six charts in markets. With me, as always, is Manish Kata. He's going to set them up, and I'm going to knock them down. What do you got today, Manish? The stock market is not the economy. The stock market is not the economy. That's the title of the show. Let's get going. The 10-year yield has faded from resistance. Consensus for interest rates is to move higher. Bullish or bearish? I think that this is bullish for the market, which is what we care about. Because, and, But the market is not the economy. I think that this is probably bearish from an economic standpoint. Consensus view is that rates are going to go higher. Now, we're probably going to get another rate hike out of the Fed here in July. Uh, maybe that's the last 25. Maybe there's another 25 behind it. But the 10-year yield is trapped in this range, and it could not break out. And now it is beginning to turn down. So the reason that I think that this is bullish for the market is because, generally speaking, lower rates should be, all else being equal, a tailwind for technology stocks. Technology stocks, the largest part of the S&P 500. So if this is an added tailwind to tech, that's beneficial to the market. However, if you look at the bottom of this chart, that is the 10-2 curve, and it is beginning to move higher. We've talked about this a number of times. It is the uninversion, a word we made up, I think, uh, of the yield curve that is a better marker of an imminent recession. So not there yet, still you know, still inverted by a decent amount from a basis point perspective. But uh, as that yield curve begins to move towards the zero line, um, that to me is a better signal of an imminent recession. So we're going to say that this is bullish on the market, bearish on the economy, but the economy is not the market. It's hard to believe that the fastest rate increase on record is just going to poof, go away. I think that kind of effect. begs the question, like, did we even need zero rates? Like, was zero rates might turn out to have been the policy error. We'll see. Time will tell. God bless Marty's leg. <laughs> we love Marty. Next up, we have the dollar that has been declining recently. Uh, at least recently, the, there's a, a inverse relationship between the dollar and stock market. Uh, bullish or bearish? Uh, this is bullish for equities in general. Uh, there is an inverse relationship between the dollar uh, and you know risk assets. But let's stick to the stock market right now. So you know everybody, you know everybody in the FinTwit universe, everybody you know who doesn't really manage money. Uh, was getting all excited about uh, this breakdown in the dollar and how it's going to be a tailwind for equities. I'm, you know, if you were actually fine, listen, I believe that, right? This is bullish for equities, but this is nothing new. This is just a continuation of a signal that by my work has been in place since November, right? It was, if you were going to use the dollar index as a signal to trade equities, just some of the you know work that I've done over the past couple of weeks, that signal was in November. Uh, this is just a continuation of that signal. So everybody's getting super excited about the dollar breaking down, but it's nothing new. It's just a trend that's still in place. So below the moving averages, I mean, this just looks like an absolute train wreck. 
uh, from a chart perspective, and that is a bullish for equities to the extent that it continues. However, it continues is the operative word. This is not new. If you're just catching on to this now, wake up. Always remember that a supporting chart doesn't necessarily mean it's a trading system. It's just a chart. Just a chart. Technology is the largest sector in the S&P 500, roughly at 29%. It made a new high. Your favorite leading indicator, semis, also made an all-time new high. Bullish or bearish? I mean, you know, it's hard to argue that all-time highs are anything but bullish, right? And technology, as we said, being the biggest uh, industry group or sector within the S&P 500, these are the these are the generals and if the generals are leading that's going to provide a tailwind for the market maybe it pulls the market higher it's arguably going to lead people to say that only seven stocks are are leading to all the performance which is patently false we've shown you we've shown you uh breath charts uh in our written work and on this show uh but you have tech leadership right at the bottom of the chart relative to the s p 500 outperforming you have tech trading at all-time highs um, it's hard to argue that that's anything but bullish and to the extent that tech continues to work and continues to lead, um, you know, if you're a passive indexer, just stick to your passive index that has a lot of tech exposure, I guess. Don't complicate it. Momentum begets momentum. End of story. I mean, the ball rolling down the hill is hard to stop. Next up, uh, by all accounts, we're pretty overbought on the market, at least currently. The 200-day Z-score is over 2%. Bullish or bearish? Uh, all right. So, less people start watching this show in the first three charts, they start thinking that, you know, Dan is turning into an outright bull. Let's kind of rein things in a little bit. Doomsday Dan has to make an appearance, although this is kind of a weak version of Doomsday Dan. Uh, you and I have been talking about this, some of the indicators that we use and that we pay attention to. Uh, have become extended to the upside. A simple way to see that from a longer term trend perspective is to just take the 200 day Z score. Uh, it's over two, meaning the S&P 500 is more than two standard deviations above the 200 day moving average. Now, if we were newsletter writers, if we were reporters, we'd highlight that the last time we were this extended was right before COVID. So, you know, whatever. Take that with a grain of salt. Extended doesn't mean you hit the sell button. You need some sort of confirmation like anything else. But Look, we've had a nice move off these October lows. We've, we've kind of rallied here in the first half of the year and we're extended here in the near term. And this is one indicator that shows that we have others that we use that paint the same message. I think we were talking about it just this morning uh, about one of them. So fine, a little extended here in the near term, right? If you're a, if you're a short term trader and, you know, maybe you don't chase here, but, you know, you're above a rising 200 day moving average, bigger picture, the trend is still OK. Um, where you're probably not going to fall out of bed like we did in February and March of 2020. But, you know, if we did, there's other indicators that would catch that. Right now, it's just a little bit extended. So I had to kind of, you know, work in a little bit of a bearish chart here. Otherwise, my reputation will take a hit. <laughs> Another supportive chart, not an indicator. You, you can stay overbought for quite uh, a long period of time. And so it's just a supportive chart. Good luck trying to trade that thing. Yeah, it's not. A, it's definitely not a timing tool. And if you go back and look at the chart, you'll actually see that we were bumping up against that two standard deviation mark through the majority of 2021, right? So if you tried to take your shot and, and sell, or even even put them out on the short side, uh, you would have gotten run over. It's just a data point, something to pay attention to. You know, confirm some of the things that we're seeing internally. Next up, we have seasonality. The pre-presidential year is one of the strongest years on record. 
In addition, the first half of the year is really what generates all the gains. Also, the sell in May go away. We are now approaching the weakest part of that as well. Um, perfect segue from the overbought Z-score. Bullish yeah, so it's, it's interesting, right? So you're overbought in the near term, and we are just about to enter the actually the bad part of sell in May and go away, right? August tends to be a flat month, kind of do nothing. Everybody's on vacation. Uh, then everybody comes back for September and decides to sell the market, right? Generally speaking, this is monthly average returns going back to 1950 for the S&P 500. So usually sell in May and go away. Obviously, it does make sense. But, you know, July is a strong month. And so far, we are living up to that. We're actually coming into today outperforming uh, the average Julys. But, you know, if we kind of want to look at the market and say we're a little overbought here and say August is kind of a punk month and September tends to be a weak month. Um, my near term views on things, you know, you'd want to take these things into consideration. If you're thinking about chasing now, if you just woke up and decided that this isn't a bear market rally and that it's actually something to it, um, maybe now not the perfect time. Uh, trend is obviously still up, but these kind of two negative data points that I have here give me pause if I was looking to, you know, dive into the market, right? If you were, if you've been sitting in cash since October, God help you. Um, and you're going to decide now's the time to get in. Well, we're extended and we're coming into the worst part of selling May go away. So some data points out there for you to consider as part of your process. Seasonality is the best way to f- the passive crowd. I love f- the passive crowd. Next up, we have what is a classic uh, definition of the stock market is not the economy. The stock market is not the economy. Uh, ISM and the S&P 500, bullish or bearish? Um, I don't know what you make of that. Let's let's call it neutral because I'm going to punt on it. Um, you know, it's ISM under 50 is considered contractionary, but the stock market is not the economy. Look, if you believe that the stock market is a discounting mechanism, the stock market topped at the end of 2021 for the NASDAQ, first two, three trading days of 2022 uh, for the S&P 500. And if you look at this chart, you know, you see that that is kind of the beginning of a precipitous downtrend for the ISM purchasing managers index. So if the stock market's a discounting mechanism, you could argue that what we saw in 2022 for the market, at least up until October of 2022, discounted these current mid 40s readings uh, on the on the uh, the ISM purchasing managers index. So, you know, I'd argue that this is you know what I'm going to say this is bullish for the stock market, not so much because you should run out and buy it because but because the stock market appears to be doing its job. The stock market acting as a discounting mechanism discounted these mid 40 ISM prints. And, you know, maybe they're starting to set their sights on, you know, something different. You know, the Fed's probably tail end of a of a rate raising cycle and the market is starting to discount that. So kudos to the market for doing its job and staying focused on what it's supposed to do and not caring about what's happening in the economy. The stock market is not the economy. And I'll leave you with this to really burn some people. The stock is not the company. They're two different things. I think it's actually quite hilarious. The people who try to justify market moves with nonsensical economic data points like PMI and jobs reports and blah, 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 blah. They've tried over and over and over again to do that. Uh, No one with a longstanding track record is still in business that has actually tied the two together. But it's good for uh, tweets, I guess. Uh, Good for tweets, good for clicks. I guess if you're selling a subscription and you want to sound like a doomsdayer. 
and take a look at the clicks, TMI under 50. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Who Charted. Thank you for joining us. The bull market is on, baby. Doomsday Dan is going to go back in his closet and hide until the next episode. Please like, subscribe, leave comments, do what you do. Have a good one. Salaman, go away so Doomsday Dan can come out. Potomac Fund Management is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This information is prepared for general information only and should not be considered as individual investment advice nor as a solicitation to buy or offer to sell any security. This material does not constitute any representation as to the suitability or appropriateness of any investment advisory program or security. Please visit our disclosure page, potomacfund.com disclosures, for more information. Potomac does not make any representation or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, whether linked to the Potomac website or incorporated herein, and takes no responsibility for any of this information. The views of Potomac are subject to change, and Potomac is under no obligation to notify you of any changes. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy will be profitable or equal to any historical performance.